0: Best way to finish the career, but it was not a bad way either. Uh, I would have liked to finish the play. I must did it in the fifth round, uh, but it was a—it's a tough motherfucker. The guy is uh, really, really tough. And actually, I was a little bit scared because the first two rounds I took his back and my legs were done, 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 and I was like, "Oh my god, I still have three rounds!" You know? And uh, so I really had to. Uh, be more tactical this fight it was really interesting and pretty proud of that with that being said i would have liked to finish the fight
1: i know you've mentioned quite a few times that this might be your your last fight, but if you had lost would that have changed things would you have wanted to come back and go out on a win or was this the last no matter what
0: look this uh this week i didn't think at all about the million dollars the reason is uh, i wanted to uh, finish the my career in a good note so uh, it's pretty funny because someone was like, "Oh, you should be happy that you uh, won the, the million dollars." Like, "Oh yeah, that's true. I, I want that. And I <laughs> forgot." But uh, yeah, I was really hoping to finish the the on uh, a good note. I guess it's not the best, but still, I.
1: Last question for me: Was that the hardest opponent of your career
0: so far? No, I think short gave me uh, a lot of trouble. Uh, I mean, like I, I dig deep against uh, colored, um, and I was a little, a little bit more, tech- you know, I'm a really tactical uh, fighter, but this fight I had to be tactical with the rounds too, so in the, fifth, uh, the fourth round, I was like, okay, I need to take a break and come back stronger, I wasn't sure I won the, the third round, so I was like, okay, let's take the fourth round a little bit easier, try to kill the, the time, and then come back pretty strong the, the, the fifth round. And uh, it, it worked, you know? Um, you see guys like Usman, do, uh, they, they do that a lot. You know, they just take a little break in the cage. And that's what, I, that's what I did, you know? Try to always be uh, in his face because the, the thing with color it was really crazy. You know, He was always in my, in my face, so it was pretty hard. Uh, and he, it was tough, man. I, I freaking hurt him a lot in the body, I think against a cage, with the kicks, kick him in the face. He didn't care, so it was a tough fight. And then, well, oh, if this I, the, sorry.
1: sorry. If this is the last time I see you, I hope that you keep us in the loop on all of the weird dating reality shows that you find.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I'm an OnlyFans now, no? well, Is that what you're posting there? <laughs> what? Is that what the
1: kind
0: of contact you're posting there? Bro, like, you know, you, you're gonna see like a face, that you don't see uh, of me uh, on my OnlyFans. And it's pretty amazing, you know? I don't have a lot of fans, to be honest. I have, like, I have like two. What we say, you know, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. So, yeah.
2: Thank you. And then OAM right here. So I know you're a bit harsh on your performance, but. I think you showed a lot of heart in the fifth round. Uh, I know you were probably up on the judges' scorecards, but you had to dig deep in the fifth round, was there? Uh, anything Coach Farras was telling you going into the final round? <laughs> um,
0: he told me, I think we need the fifth, but... Uh, no, he said, I don't think we need the fifth, but let's take the... Anyway, and, uh Even me, like, I wasn't sure for the third round, you know, so uh, we just we just decided to go really hard on the... the um, the fifth round, and I was surprised how good it was to, uh, to stand up. I was like, Man, you could uh, have, uh, have Nelson and like full deep, and he, he was not letting uh, like going down. And actually, my coaches thought he was out at some point. And uh, fuck, the guy was really tough. Got the chokes, was not able to finish it. Pretty really sad. <coughs> I mean, the guy is tough, you know.
2: Yeah, win's a win, and then also, I know you've had quite the career undefeated in the PFL, you did a good in the UFC as well. When we say the name Olivier Aubin Mercier, what do you want the fans to take away from your career?
0: Perseverance, I want you say that. Perseverance. Perseverance. That was easy. <laughs> I guess this is it. Yeah, you know, um Nobody believed in me uh, like a couple of years ago, and nobody really want me in their promotion. And it was hard to convince a PFL to have me. And I, I started in one of the first fights of the of the card. And this year, I did three main events. And uh, that was the main event of the biggest card uh, of the year. Like it's, I think it's it showed that. Uh, they believed in me and that i was able to uh just climb the the ladder you know and i'm really proud of that because i remember last year uh, i mean it was uh kyla you know the the main event and this year i am the main event and she was at the same place that uh, i was last year so it's like it's it's really only you know it's uh, it's really nice yeah
2: yeah, congratulations on the great career. And if I got any advice, I think you and GSP should maybe make a podcast sponsored by Bet99. My
3: man, my man. <laughs> I got two questions for you. Uh, so the first one, um, that was thought already. But back to back, what do you have to say from when you started to leave on the high road? Many fighters don't get really a chance to leave on a high road,
0: so to what do I, to? I have to? S- Tell myself? Yeah. You're so. not the next GSP. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and my last question is more of appreciation. I remember when you and I met in PFO bubble, and everything like that.
0: Yeah, bro, remember that? Yeah.
3: How crazy was it? <laughs> yeah, and then um, bro, you asked me when I invite you on the show, but I just want to say thank you for a prolific career. Um, love you, brother to brother, and wish
4: you all the best in your uh, next adventures. All right, man. do get some kind of get some Euh, Thank you. euh, Premièrement, euh, à deux reprises, en premier pour trois au cinquième round, tu l'as eu en position d'étranglement. Au cinquième, il y avait l'air out à un moment donné. -hmm. Tu disais qu'il était un tough. T'attendais-tu à ce qu'il soit sur à ce point-là, qu'il réussisse à à surmonter ça parce que tu tu l'avais,
0: Ouais, j'aurais dû le finir, mais on savait qu'il était tough. On savait qu'il était vraiment, vraiment tough, ce gars-là. C'est un fou. C'est un un débile, (rire) Puis, fait que, ouais, ouais, on a. Mais t's, t's, ça m'a quand même surpris comment il était bon pour surlever quand j'avais son dos puis pour être honnête ça m'a brûlé vraiment les, les jambes lactic qui était là, là après le premier round était là au deuxième round j'étais comme tabarnak qu'est-ce il y a reste trop, I'm going ma miss you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna hate you so much but time I, l- I like you so uh still open
5: time I see you hey everybody welcome to the Inaugural chairman press conference where I'll start be able to answer some of your questions after all the league events. But obviously this is a big week. A week that MMA changed for the better. I like think it changed for the better for fans, changed for the better for fighters, changed for the better for commercial partners. With PFL acquiring Bellator, we now have the opportunity to continue to change the game. We've always been a disruptor, we've always been an innovator. We now have the fighter roster to become a co-leader in MMA. And so with that opening, I'll take any and all questions you guys have about any topics at
6: all. Just let me know what you want to know. Well, I just say kind of a you know historic season, I guess overall, especially with the news, but just tonight, the championship, another one in the books. What are your thoughts overall on tonight and the year as a whole? Well, just tonight. Look, as a fan, I want to see more knockouts. right? But you can
5: never control that. Look, you put six title fights on the line. You never know what's going to happen. But did I think the fights were high quality? Sure. But do I love La Problema fight the best? Yes, it's a knockout fight. Um, but what I always love is the meritocracy. right? You get Pineda coming out, and it's a real-world Rocky story. Brago and Pineda, they're $10,000 fighters. They work their way up from the Challenger Series. That's what PFL is all about. January of this year, nobody in MMA knew who those two guys were, including you guys. And you know more than anybody in MMA. Forget the fans. Nobody. They're real-world Rocky stories. They won the Challenger Series, then they knocked off everybody to get their shot here. So I love that fight also. And that was a nice war, an unsurprising war. So to me, there are always great stories, whether they're champions or underdogs. But in the PFL, the best have to beat the best. But sometimes, the unknown beat the best, and so I love that fight also.
6: To the effort of finishing fights, I saw a lot of people online tonight saying, What about elbows, at least for maybe the championship fights? Obviously, not during the season, but could we maybe look at tweaking the rule set a little bit for showcase fights and championship fights? Look, it's a great question. What I did say on Ariel's show is Bellator will follow the full
5: out rules. Because when you have one off of events, you don't need to protect like you need to protect for the season. In order to have four fights in a row, you, you cannot have the elbows. And it seems weird to change those rules for the championship. It's almost like playing different rules in the Super Bowl. So I think for now, it's really nice to have those consistent rules. But with the one-off event product now under the PFL umbrella, those will be a different set of rules. And you'll have
6: not only no uniforms there, but elbows there. Yeah. Two last ones for me real quick. We don't normally get talked about matchmaking because the season doesn't, but now you get to, right? So with Problema, you mentioned you love this fight. He said he likes Ngannou. Obviously you've got Bader as the reigning champion with Bellator, so what are your initial thoughts there? Do you do champ versus champ? Do you put him in the Ngannou mix? What's the thought? Initially champ versus champ. Everybody's earned that. You've got to deliver on what everybody's
5: earned. So champ versus champ, right down the line. And then after that, it's all fair game. Right. But also we have a little bit uh, bigger plans for Francis who we're trying to put
6: together. Um, we'll see if we can put those together. But then after the champ versus champ, then we'll see what happens. Well, that kind of leads me to my last question. And does that apply as well to Larissa and Cyborg? Because, you know, Kayla's the fight that a lot of people didn't want to see. But well, Larissa is the champ in that division. So is it champ versus champ down the line there as well? It's champ versus champ. Well, Larissa's earned that. But will
5: Chris then fight Kayla in 2024? 100%. That is going to happen. Um, Chris will have two fights in 2024. Kayla have two fights in 2024. One of those will be Chris against Kayla. But we think that Larissa has earned that. Once again, you have to give them champ versus champ. Chris is the champ of Bellator. is the champ here. So you've got to see that fight happen first. And then coming out of that though, you'll see Chris Cyborg against Kayla Harrison as the next fight in 2024.
1: Hi, Don. Um, just coming off of that, there, was there a reason why Cyborg wasn't here to do the face-off? I think everyone really likes those face-offs and noticed that she was one of the only ones not here.
5: Yeah, there were about half the fighters who could make it and about half couldn't. We weren't able to invite them until three days ago. You know, the deal didn't close until Saturday. We didn't make the public announcement until Monday. It's obviously a holiday week. So even you saw Ryan Bader was able to make a Zoom appearance but couldn't come here. So we were able to invite everyone but only half could make it. Um, we're only rolling this out to our employees on Monday, you know, in the Bellator employees on Tuesday. Um, so we're really pleased that even four champions could make it.
1: Um, is there any worry that Chris might retire and not come into the season? Because I know that she, she's boxing. She's talked about potentially retiring. Is there any fear about that, or have you had talks with
5: her? Uh, we have not had talks with her yet, but Chris wouldn't be in the season. She would be on the, the pay-per-view or the one-off Bellator events, just like how Kayla wasn't in the season this year. So both um, you know, Kayla and Chris would just be in the one-off events next year, not the full PFL season for sure. And in terms of retirement, you know, we haven't talked to her but all. Fighters always know when they do and don't want to fight, and that's not anything that we ever control. But I think she signed a big contract. I think she wants to add to her legacy. I don't think she needs to do anything to earn her legacy. Her record speaks for herself. I mean, she's one of two, three, four of the best to have ever done it in the female MMA community. Uh, but I think she'd love the opportunity. We have two of the greatest fighters in the world, and Kayla and Larissa, that she's been tested against in the last five years. Who would want to do that?
1: Last one for me. Uh, Kayla was back here, and she mentioned that she did not want to wait around for Chris. Do you have a plan for her in the meantime if Chris is going to be fighting Larissa? Um,
5: We will develop a plan for her in the meantime. Uh, You know, Kayla has earned the right to fight the best, and we'll make sure that she is happy and that she has really, really good fights. Thank
7: you. All right, two questions here. Now with the acquisition of Bellator, is it going to be one big fighter pool or are we going to separate it, like have a Bellator conference, a PFL conference?
5: Yeah, great question. Think of it as one big fighter pool. So separate three things that we've talked about. All fighters now are are, are PFL slash Bellator fighters. One company, one fighter pool. Second thing is we have different products. So we have a league season, we have now one-off events, we have pay-per-view super fights. So there's three different ways that that one pool of fighter can fight. Which product is right for the fighter and for the fans. And lastly, we have different brands. So the brands go against the products, but all the fighters are eligible against that. And that's just a merely an example of what's the best fit. Some fighters don't want to fight four times a year, some can't. That's why we have the different products in terms of the one-off events and the super fights. And
7: now the super fights that you're talking about, the big names, the Nganus, uh, Jake Pauls, do we have any timetable on when we're going to bring him into the picture?
5: Yeah, we've been pretty consistent in this. Jake Paul is Q4 of 2024. He needs a full year to train. He started training about a month ago. Uh, there's two to three really interesting fights that we're working on with Nikisa and Jake, but I think that is October or December of next year. Francis, two possibilities, early or late, and that's opponent driven. We don't want to force him early to have a worse opponent. <laughs> Um, uh, but I think he'll either be, you know, call it March timeframe or October timeframe, but both will fight in 2024 in the PFL. It's just, what is the right opponent? We don't want to force it. All
8: right. Thank you. Don, you made a lot of fundraising calls this past year. What is it that actually stuck with investors and had this big round of funding coming in?
5: Yeah, it's a really great question enough for more than one lead company. It's not a United States sport, it's a global sport. And when you look at the global fan base, all of you know there's 650 million fans. UFC, a great company, but they put on 40 events and they do a different approach and a different product than PFL. So we said 650 million fans, they need more than 40 events, there's 5,000 basketball games, there's 3,000 soccer matches, can we at least get 100 great events a year? So our view was we don't need to compete with, beat with, take share from UFC. We're gonna be a co-leader, doing something very differentiated, very unique. There'll be two big, valuable companies. That's the basic pitch. And this is a sport that all of you know is very new. 25 years old is a business, basketball 75. So as we all studied sometime in high school or college, The growth curve is just starting. The monetization is just starting. The evolution is just starting. So that is really what people understood very well. Now maybe the people who don't really study, call it the evolution of business, or call it the larger global fan base of MMA, or what's happening in terms of of the, the trends I talked about, they go, ah, it's the NFL. There'll never be another one. That has nothing to do with MMA, and nothing to do with what is going on with those underlying drivers of, Media companies want more, fans want more, fighters need another home. All you need is media, fans, and athletes, and all of those would like to have another co-leader, and we're well on our way. This year we did 40% of UFC's viewership. What? Our brand is only five years old. Our brand is way, way, way ahead of us with much more marketing. So for us to do 40% already before the fundraise, before Bellator, before we launch new products, we're on our way. Great,
8: thank you.
2: And then Don right here, so I got two questions. The first question, obviously, with the Bellator acquisition, I would say most fans can agree that the most stacked division in Bellator is the Bantamweight division. We don't currently have one on the PFO roster. Is that potentially something you guys could look to add next season?
5: Yeah, look, there's two big divisions, 185 and 135, where Bellator has probably the two best fighters in the world. Patchy mix could beat Sugar. Doesn't have the hair. But he's got better fighting and I think most people think that that's either a good fight or patchy's a slight favor But but it's a damn good fight same with same with Johnny So those are two divisions which may be number one in the world Well, we didn't want to come out with those divisions this year because that wouldn't serve those guys We're gonna come out with those divisions probably in 2025 So we need a full year to build divisions strong enough that it would make sense in the league season what makes sense this year? Put on fantastic fights in these eight major events that we've talked about. So think of the eight events as huge events on their own. When you see UFC, we all see what are the eight or 10 best events they have of their 30. We want to make these eight events almost that year. Two championship belts on the line for all co-mains for those. Put them in the great cities of the world, at least four in Europe, a couple in the Mideast, a couple in the Far East, maybe one in Latin America. Have each of those be tagpole events, and have those worthy of a Johnny, Apache, the people that are in the season this year against the best opponents. It would make sense.
2: And then one more. I know you touched on the, the viewership. So I've spoken to a lot of like fans, and while we all enjoy uh, the fights that you guys put on, I have noticed that some of them say that the pacing of the broadcast can sometimes be a bit slow. Is that something you look to change and address now that the roster has increased?
5: Yeah. You know, as you guys have heard me say, we, we don't want to be right. We want to win all the time, we're self-critical. What's working, what's not, where we can improve, where do we keep it the same. We've looked to try to balance storytelling with pacing. The storytelling is there because a lot of our fans, half of them are sport fans, but they're new to MMA. So they don't know the fighters like those who love MMA know the fighters. That made the fights longer. So you see, we've taken some of that storytelling out, pushed it through social and digital channels earlier, but taken it out of the broadcast. Do we take more of that out to give you more action right in a row? We're always looking at that kind of stuff. But this year, half of our viewing audience was new to MMA. That's why ESPN's liked us. We're actually growing the sport and the fan base. But as my mom always says, no free lunch. The more you do some storytelling to let people know about the fighters, the more time there is between fights. But are we always talking about it after every time? Yes! You know, we're always talking about all these trade-offs and trying to say, what do fans find the best trade-offs? And we'll always keep looking at it. Awesome, thank you. Don, what can you tell us about- Yeah, here and then here. What can
9: you tell us in terms of the conversations you've had with the Bellator fighters so far? Obviously, it's just been a week uh, since everything was finalized. In terms of, what are their thoughts on your vision, the PFL's vision and everything moving forward?
5: Yeah, here I have not had this conversation except tonight. I talked to Johnny, Patchy, uh, Patricia. So a few of them I talked to tonight. But Pete Murray has talked to them. Ray Sefo has talked to them. Mike Cogan will be coming over to work with us and talk to them. So I'll pass on their feedback, you know, which is more broad than the three talk conversations I had tonight. And like people I think would have three things to say. Number one, super exciting. Remember, they think of themselves as the best in the world. So they want to be the best in the world. And they see us building a company that wants to be bigger and better and not stand still. So that's good. Number two, more opportunity. Bellator was not growing with opportunity, not growing with more fighters, not growing with more events, not growing, you know, with more divisions. So more opportunity. And number three, like all of us, hey, what's it mean for me? You know, and I got a little bit of anxiety until I know what it means for me. And so we'll be talking to them over the next week, the next 10 days to say, what does it mean? And as we've said, fighters will have a choice. Are they gonna be in the league season? Are they gonna be in the one-off event product? What's best for them? What's best for us? What's best for the fans? So I I think that's all gonna work out really good, but until we're able to communicate that, there's always a little bit of anxiety about everything new. We all went to first grade, we were all nervous, you know, this is new, right? And so this is all a little bit, but I think the overriding thing is excitement because this company, has nothing short of a co-leader ambition. And we're not scared of anything, and they like that. And number two, more opportunity for them. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah Rick.
0: Yes. Uh, you just said moments ago that champion versus champion, right? So that means enough problema is fighting Ryan Bader. Uh, if that's the case, so what's the scenario for Francis and Gordon? Do you have an update about when he's fighting, who he's fighting?
5: Uh, we don't have an update. We, we're working on a very big fight with Francis and his team. Um, We're targeting a mixed rules fight that we think would be the biggest fight of 2024 for Francis. So it would be under mixed boxing and MMA rules. We'd like to be able to put that together. Um, We have two possible opponents, which one is much more exciting than the other. But we don't have anything else that we can say right now. I don't want to speak out of school. You know us. We tend to not announce things before things are done. and we try to respect all kind of confidentiality, but we're working on stuff. Uh, we'd like to put it together. Um, we think there's a, some mutual interest, and we're working really closely with Francis on
8: it. So we're not saying any names, why Wilder,
3: or
8: any other. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, with that being said, it.
0: so the first title shot of the, of the title fight this night, the, uh, Gabriel Braga. Yeah. Uh, do you think was a nervous stopper? There's something
5: going on about it. I don't know what happened. The referee. You know, I I respect everybody's. As my dad says, every job is easy until it's yours, right? And so you have to defer to the experts. I I don't like anything that's on the early side. You know, you always like the late side, but then you worry about safety. So you know, I have the same things that you guys think about all the time. You know, in hindsight, when you review the TV, you'd always you always like never to have anything stopped early. I haven't seen any of the replays yet to be able to comment on that. Hey, Don, two quick ones for me. One, you mentioned several of the countries. I was curious what specific cities uh, the PFL would be interested in going to in 2024. I don't want to steal the thunder yet. We (laughs) hope to be able, um, Pete Murray hopes to be able, before Christmas, to be able to give a schedule for next year. So I think this won't be long. I think this will be able to tell you um, three weeks, maybe four weeks at the most, to be able to outline the schedule for 2024. He's been working on that. We worked on that even before the acquisition was done. But as I said, six of the eight events will be outside the U.S. Our focus will be on giving international fans more top shelf product than they've been able to get before. Almost all of the league seasons of PFL is in the U.S. So we see this as a great complement to serving global fans. And last thing to me, um, you mentioned moments ago that the Bellator shows would not have the outfit and the sort of uniform that the PFL ones have. Am I correct in assuming that we're bringing the sponsorships back to the shorts and maybe adding that uh, additional income stream to the fighters? Well, with the PFL now, they have a spot on the short that they get the income stream. Remember, we, we own a spot that we sell the national sponsors, they have a spot. So we'll run the same kind of thing with Bellator, of which the way that we keep <coughs> calling everything clean but balanced is <laughs> spots are controlled, but spots are open. So we'll run the same kind of same kind of program with Bellator. Here
11: no. Do you encourage yeah. Bellator fighters and PFL fighters to start calling each other out for fights leading into the next
5: year? I want everybody calling out for hey. fights. You call me out for a fight. No. Um, look, I think the more that people are open and expressive, is good and it's interesting. I like to know what people are thinking. Um, I don't like anything that's not authentic. You know, sometimes I think a lot of the fight talk is inauthentic, and I think fans know that, right? So anything that's really you, do it, right? Talk about it. Um, but I think you can talk about it. Once again, we're all one company now, and we're all on the same mission to become the co-leader in this sport. Um, so PFL fighters, you want to fight, call out them, call out us, call out the guy on Mars. Do anything that you want to do to become the best in the world. But you put a million dollars on the line that yeah,
11: totally but, uh, exactly. Last one, I think everybody was happy to hear on the MMA you said that you guys were offering all 21 or so Bellator employees yes. jobs within the new merge promotion. But you do have a fully staffed uh, company, right? 52 or so employees on PFL side. So, how is that really going to work? Is you don't want to, I'm sure you don't want to have two, uh, two people doing one person's job, you know. So, how would that
5: play out? We have a bigger meal to serve, we got eight one off events now, with six of these eight internationally. So we need more people doing more things, number one. Number two, we also have more revenue to build. We have a whole new product that we've got to build that revenue stream off of, uh, which, which hadn't happened under Paramount. So not only do we have an operational side of the business, we have a revenue side of the business. So we definitely need the bodies to do that. So we've told anybody, anybody who wants to work as relentless as we have to go from zero employees, zero fighters and zero fans in five years to what we're talking about today, and we can use all the bodies we can get. We got spots for you.
8: Hey, Don, you just, just yeah. one for me. Uh, obviously, Scott Coker has a good relationship with uh, the guys over at Ryzen and you know, built that going.
5: Uh, I'm curious, do you have any plans to maybe keep that alive? You know? It's interesting. I reached out to Ryzen two weeks ago and I let them know that we'd be glad to talk to them and we had one open spot on 2024 that we hadn't even booked the event yet. And if they'd like to talk to us about that, we'd be open to doing that. Um, that was a huge successful event. Uh, and we want to continue to do things different. And what does that event look like? You know, TBD, but that event itself, I think was interesting, that event was huge. You guys know that, you saw that event. So we've reached out and let them know that we're glad to talk about that, even as soon as, uh, you know, putting it in the third or fourth quarter of next year. Hey Don. Yeah. Um, so
8: you mentioned the word top-shelf product and you uh, the word revenue so what's the potential the possibility of, get, of us getting a PFL video game that comes to consoles
5: uh, so look we want to do more intellectual property and more content and more places why we got to grow our brand everybody sees the product says awesome but sometimes I go to the Verizon store sometimes I go to Chick-fil-a and I say hey you watch the PFL People go huh, what's that I go ESPN Friday nights Go, I love that okay but they don't know the PFL right away so everything we can do to have more content on more platforms with our brand we do right now we hadn't had the opportunity to do that with the right partner but do we want to do that now that I think we're a little bit more established with a little bit more oomph yeah we're gonna look to do that next year but we haven't had the opportunity to do that yet with the right partner to be honest
7: Let's give Mike uh, from MMA talking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: I tweeted out your comments about wanting to the US Cyborg and Pacheco next, and Chris
9: actually just responded saying lots of plans being made and announced. I've not had contact with anyone uh, from PFL since the use of the purchase. One thing I'll control is how my career finishes.
5: Um, so I guess just your thoughts on that response from her. Yeah, but we're not booking anybody's fights without talking to them. But we're just doing a champions versus champions card, which any champion who wants to fight will be able to fight any other champion. Any champion that doesn't want to fight, won't participate. We can't make anybody fight, right? So we're not planning anybody's career, whether they're in the PFL or whether they're the Felitor, other than we're doing a champions versus champions card. And all champions who will show up, will show up. All who won't show up, won't show up. Yes.
7: Tom, right here. Yeah. Uh, how does it feel to come to DC and um, have a historic event such as this in the capital?
5: Well, as many of you know, you know, I live here, you know, about 12 miles from here in Northern Virginia. I've been here about 25 years since I started working for America Online. Um, and my first investor was Ted Leonsis, who's also my long-term business partner. Just so for me, it's, it's less about um, the historic place and more about it takes me back to when we were nothing. And, and all of you have been nothing, and I've been nothing, and you try to become something. And you have a bunch of people tell you that won't work, you suck, um, no, or, or they don't even reply. We've all had that a thousand times. And so, what I like to know is, is on behalf of the fighters and the fans in our company, we're getting somewhere. We have a long way to go, but we're getting somewhere. And people said there'll never be another company other than UFC that's relevant, that's interesting, that's premium. It's good, it's global, that fighters want to be at, that media companies want to carry, or whatever other bad thing you want to say. And we're now there. So we've got a whole nother chapter, and then one other chapter after that. <coughs> but we're relevant, and we're making a difference, and we're making a difference for a lot of people who care about MMA, and we're doing something different. And so that's really what I felt tonight, is to call it chapter one, check. Chapter two, let's go. We got time for for
3: one more. Let me hit it over here. Quick question. So, I know everyone asked about the divisions when they came to Bellator and PFL. So, given that you guys do have a women's 125 and a man's 135 in the European series, um, would they go so if they were to win the championships or the European series, would they face the Bellator champions as well?
5: No, they wouldn't be ready to do that. Good question. As, As some of you have seen in Europe, Next year, we're launching PFL Mideast in April. In 2025, we'll launch PFL Africa with Francis Nagano is the chairman. Each of those areas start to build different divisions so that we can add other divisions into the season. And we want to not start from scratch because then they'll be too weak. But those champions win a spot, but they're not ready yet to obviously challenge somebody as, as, as top-notch as a, a Bellator champion or a PFL champion as great as they are, like Dakota um, or Cedric, they're they're not at that level yet, and they've got to earn they got to earn that a little bit more. Let's give it up for, for Don Davis. <laughs> Thanks Congratulations, Zipa.
1: Thank you. When you had pictured this moment, did it feel as good as you pictured
12: this whole time? Uh, uh, when I pictured this moment, it feels better than I thought it would. You know, I'm trying try to you know, reflect on everything. I'm grateful for my team, you know, for you know, everybody at BK Fitness to clip. I right? got to work with kids who are like 16, 17, pushing. I got T and one we got to talk about it a lot. You'll see them come up one day. And then I got everybody I killed from the time they welcomed me to the gym. We got to talk about my corner, right? It's just like, when I look at them, and I'm really happy. Before I moved from North Carolina, I asked Coach Jones if I could come to the gym. He welcomed me with open arms. Coach Lentz, he's been in my corner since day one as well. He said he'd be my mentor, and he stayed on me. And then I started training Coach Dieter, and you know, he said, you uh, come in here, and we're here to build world champions. So. It's school he stuck with it he shows up every day. He'll leave the gym, his house at five in the morning, gets to the gym by a seven hour drive, never complains, always shows up, no excuses. So, like, when that stuff hits me, I'm like, man, thank God. My parents coming from here to this country. My dad came here with $16 in his pocket, and I get to share this with him. So, uh, it feels a lot better than I could have ever imagined. You know I mean? My friend Delano, right? They talk so much trash together, but that guy, man, he owned the UFC company. So the first people that called me, so we're gonna keep working, man. Didn't care, trusted me, called me in their first fights ever. And we're here together now, so I'm very, very grateful.
1: I think a lot of people were surprised by the fight. Um, because we all thought it was gonna be a lot more competitive than it was. Were you surprised by
12: that? Respect to Josh, no. Like I I knew we were gonna come dominate, that was a choice we made, and that's any fight. You know, like I we don't put that much work here, we don't drive and train as much as we do to go be competitive. It's not here to compete, we're here to dominate. And that's that's the standard of both gyms, like Kill Cliff and DJ Fitness, right? Like it's a championship culture. I I think Josh is an excellent fighter. to doesn't take away from him. And it's not like oh, there are levels. To, it's just like I came here to dominate. I didn't care if somebody's better than me, have more experience. And since I started, I started training when I was 24. I'm 29 now. But I know with the trainers and the minds that I have around me, like my teammates, right? You should see the rounds we have at Kill Cliff. Those things are crazy. Just come watch. Just come watch a sparring. Day. Come watch it. G. Jones practice, come watch a session where, you know, any of the trainers, Henry, Sean, Lance, anybody saying like, grab this sparring, and see what that's like. You see it's harder than any fight you could ever have. So it's like, when I look on it, um, I expected myself to dominate, but I know they expected me to dominate too, and anything less wouldn't be acceptable. And last one for
1: me, Broadcast kept making a big deal about the fact that you were not opening your mouth, and you didn't seem like you were even out of breath. Was that something you were consciously doing?
12: Well, uh, take it back to Coach Jimbo and like, where I first started. He would always say, like, if you're in a fight watch, well, keep your mouth open, right? Keeps your jaw exposed and you get it cracked, get harder, get hurt harder, hit harder, whatever. But, um, you know, like, I, I'm here calm. Like, I wasn't tired, and I was, I was focused on what I do. Like, you should see, like, a Back to the Gyms, She's the way Coach Dina pushes us on Sunday. See the way he pushes me on the back, Where like, no excuse to nothing. Like, the way we push, you see the way we train this week. Every single round, they stand on me so much. of like, staying focused on the task at hand. And part of that's your conditioning, right? I, I take care of myself, I push myself. And um, we always say, like, what's 25 minutes to 17 hours? My mom will sometimes go to work early in the morning and have a literally 17-hour shift. So it's like, I, I have no excuse to look at it. Coach Dave told me, actually, in between one rounds, said, look at your mom. And she was right there, I'm like, what's 17 to 25, right? Or what's 25 minutes to 17 hours? And, like, I, I really stand on that. We're at the gym, I always say, stand tall, stand tall. We don't care how tired the rounds so are. You don't stop rounds, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't we don't take a round off and it pays off Then make it hard they make it challenging that's what we want so i knew that like it'd got to be an insult to my teams if i was out there breathing heavy huffing and puffing and like, we don't sit down between rounds and we dominate until it's whether it's 25 minutes or it's two hours we keep
13: going
14: but you just touched on Jeff Jim O and the lessons that you still carry from Jim O, but yeah. a lot of your success seems to run parallel with the transition to Jill Cliff. Yeah. Talk about how instrumental that's been to your career and the success that you're now finding.
12: Right, yeah. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, so, when I talk about Jim O, it's more like just to say thank you. That's how I got started in this. But, you know, you can't, you don't forget the people that helped you get here. But uh, I remember before the Buckley fight, I kept saying, hey, I need training parties who can beat me up. I need people who can challenge me. You see Jason Jackson in here? You saw that uppercut he hit Amazon with? I felt that a few times too. <laughs> so but people who are straight up with you. People who can tell you, man, like I can go back to guys like Phil Hawes, I didn't take him down for months. Gregory Rodriguez, he's cracking his right hands. Aaron Jeffrey, dog in the clinch. Logan Storley, um, dog. <laughs> you see all these guys out here. And then and and am um, that's a couple of training partners that I have, right? Gerald Meershark, intelligent, just you can go through a list of people, right? I can talk to all my training partners who like fight, Taylor, annoying, but my guy too. But um, it's like you come into a gym that has a championship culture, come into a gym that has people that demand the best of you and there are no easy rounds, no easy days, that's what it takes. And it's definitely parallel from the move. It's one of the best moves, the best move I've made in my life. And moving to Kill Club has been such a blessing i time man. And, like, I couldn't say I did anything without him. Like, he's blessed me, the coach, blessed me, the trainers. Blessed me in the idea to move. I don't want to be comfortable, but it's really on my faith. So, I'm going to tithe, just go to church, pray, and just thank God for that. And then, like, the fun thing that I'll do, you know, like, a, everything's taken care of, but I'm going to just probably do the motorcycle and a shotgun.
2: And then info right here man, congratulations on the win man, I will say from watching your whole career, probably one of the best performances I've ever seen for you, when put together a complete 25 minutes, and it's only because it's your 5th win this year man, 5-0, and 0, and it really seems like the stars aligned this year man, and knowing you and all the adversity and setbacks you dealt with, I guess looking at um, your career from like a macro perspective, you could potentially inspire other f- young fighters or just people in general to know, even though you have those setbacks,
12: you still have self-belief and faith and that will guide you along the way. Thank you, man, I appreciate you. Um, you know, I just reflect on a verse that says, you know, thank God I was afflicted, you know, because of those perseverance and endurance. If you never go through anything, like how can you really say you built something in life? Not that saying you have to go through a struggle, not that's saying your parents can have, like, set you up, but you're gonna go through something, and if they find inspiration, I'm grateful. Like I said in con- press conference, um, there are a lot of people out there in this, in this gym who might have been through the same situation. I'm grateful that I get to share my story and hopefully help somebody too. Uh, if the fighters are inspired by it, I'm grateful. I just want to let them know. Like I said, if people ask me a question, what do you want to be known for? I want to be an accessible champion. So just message me on Instagram or find me. I'll talk to you. It might take me some time to get back. It depends on the day, but I'll make sure I'm here for you. Like it's, a lot of people just need somebody to talk to. This this belt is part of what helps me become who I am and all that stuff, but it's a representation of my team and the people in my life. I enjoy being around the people I love, and like they're a big reason I'm here today. I got back to the gym, and like I come from the UFC, 'cause drugs sick. on another path. the little things that people tell you. So I like, get like, I wish they were all up here with me because that's what it is, man. Like, surround yourself with great people who are going to help you get to where you need to go. Because when you're lost, who knows, right? Who knows what you're, what you're thinking? But you can just find people, find a church, find a, somebody you can talk to. Not saying anything, just another Christian, just find a good human and, and make that decision for the best days. And that's all you need. Yeah, that's beautiful words and also you talk about like the support system around you
2: i know you maybe oh. hasn't sunk in yet how much this million dollars to you i know you spoke about it before the tim karen fight you came with hard times how important is this not only the belt but the money for you your family and all the people that support
12: you the money's important you know to be grateful it's a tool right it's a tool that i can grow i want to invest that we're going to come live wealth group and they've really been helping me make the right decisions in my life my life's gotten a lot better see it's just like a big you know investment in capital and i can make the best decisions, but I also want to make it public. You know, I'm going to share a lot of the investments that I make, share a lot of like, the strategies that we're putting together to help me grow, because I think a lot of fighters, just due to, like, their circumstance, may have a lack of education. It doesn't mean they're not intelligent at all. So I really want to come here and just, like, share it with them and, like, create a blueprint of, like, what fighters can be. I look at athletes like Magic Johnson. I look at athletes like Tom Brady. I look at athletes like LeBron and whoever. Like, why can't we do it to you? It's on a different scale. So I think that if you're an athlete, you, you may not just get ahead with strictly fighting or being an athlete in general. But you can use the tools and things you have if you just make the right intelligent investments. So that, that's what I want to do. That's um, the that's thing I want to just share with people make it public. I'm pretty private about my life, but if you can help somebody else, I'll share it. Yeah,
2: and then I got one more quick thing. On that. Does a potential super fight with Johnny Evelyn kind of interest you? ATT
12: versus Kiltliff? For sure. I mean, I. ATT cool is a cool thing to say, right? But it's more so like, respect to Johnny, Ever. Yeah, he did great work. I want to fight Johnny and then Coffin and body. So, all three of them. Like, you know, they're all special fighters they I've done really well. I, uh, I'm going to make a shout out to my dog Aaron Jeffrey, actually. I would say he yeah, earned that one fight first. Let him go get that, and then we can talk about it. You know, he's a brother of mine. No matter what, if they match us up, I still love him if we did it. But he's he, he came from Canada for two months to help me get ready for this fight. So he he's earned that fight. He's next in line for that Bellator title. I, I would love to be an honor to fight Nemkov or Johnny Eblen, but all three of them—Eblen, Johnny, and uh, Nemkov—Johnny and uh, and Gano are the three that I won. I would say though, if I'm doing things correctly, and Jeffrey earned that one. Um
9: I think one surprising aspect of this fight for a lot of fans and viewers and pundits was your grappling. You had Josh in a lot of trouble at multiple times during the fight. Can you talk to us a little bit about the development of that aspect of your game and how important it is for you to be
12: well-rounded? Yeah, I think you have to be a lethal weapon everywhere. Uh, shout out to Coach Jones, shout out to Coach Lenz who I work a lot with in grappling, and Coach Said, but also my training partners, being intelligent, Coach Dieter as well. All very, very smart minds. Delano gave me great pointers to him, like, work with me everything. Uh, started when I was 24, right? So I'm still figuring it out. I respect Joshua and what he's done, but I also see it as a challenge. But, oh, he's a grappler, oh, he's this, watch this. You know, kinda of like, I like that feeling. Uh, they put me through the rounds, man. Like, keeping it simple, being disciplined, not just being overzealous. I was, I'm grateful, I don't know how many shots he took in the fight, but I know he took a few, and did, did we stop them all? Did, did, did me slipping up and falling hit count as a takedown for him? But if it did, dang it, I gotta be better there, but it's something I can learn from. Man, I don't, I don't miss a training session unless I'm sick or something, but I won't miss a training session. I'll go, 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 and sometimes you can push past it, right? Because I, I really, really enjoy martial arts. I love training. I want to get back to the gym soon. I mean, talk about, like, unifying these titles so I get to go train again soon. Uh, I think grappling is really, really cool. I'd like to get some submissions. I thought I was close there, but having intelligent training partners and coaches who got me here. I would say that the, my grappling is something that I can still get definitely improving, being more intelligent, but it's a shout-out to the people around me especially Jones and Lentz, they they've really, really hard to work with me on everything. My submission this year was pretty cool. Funnily enough, with Tim Karen Lentz and I worked on that submission three, three weeks before that, just through the end length, and the made a great point between the round that fight to pull him off the cage. So it all comes together. It's just how I can listen. I can be stubborn at times, and I've had coaches who challenge me. Sorry for the language, but Coach Deeter said I was being a dick one time, and I was like, I deserved it. I wasn't being respectful, and I was being a hothead. And it's good to have people in your life who can check you. That's the reason I say that. I don't care to swear so much here, but um, I, I like that honesty. So it just kind of made me open my mind and, like, get that wise counsel in life, as it says in the words. So uh, people like that who really push me to be better helped me open my mind and receive and, and, and take information. And working with Brandon Allen, some mistakes I made with him really, really helped me for this fight. So it's a, it's a shout-out to my training partners.
9: One last question for me, we uh, spoke just a few months ago a little bit about your story and how at one point you were living out of your car in South Carolina looking for hope. For those that are watching this right now and are looking for hope and have goals and have dreams, what's your message to them to get themselves off their feet and to push forward?
12: Yeah, I'd say if you have, in, you guys, my car, living live in South Florida outside the gym, if you really believe you're called to do something whether life hits you with a challenge, truly focus on the vision that God's giving you. Get organized and have discipline. Wake up, be joyful, right? Don't quit, find peace in your situation and realize that just because you're in a current situation it doesn't define you. you, know who you're called to be. For me, it was never like, oh, this card defies me. I just looked at it as like, Jocko William talked about, he said, every single time you go through something, say good, so you can start building that scaffolding and move forward, right? So I just looked at it like, this is good, this is good, so how do I get better? I was close to the gym, so I could get to the gym at 6 a.m. and hit the bag. Right? and at first it was me hitting the bag. Then Henry gave me pointers, and then Coach Dieter started meeting me every single morning to help me refine. Sometimes, like I think fighters, if we make a mistake. We think our trainers owe us, but we also owe them to show up and work. And then they'll, they'll come, they'll come, they'll come and help you out. So like, you don't have to beg. Just show up to hit that bag. You know, a lot of fighters don't hit the bag today, and I think that can help them. And you come in the morning, you're sweating before the team gets in there. People come around, you know, if you get better, and that's a testimony to Kill Cliff and. UK Fitness and everybody around me and my training partners here too, they seem to, to go to work and they want to help me too.
15: Impa, congratulations. Thank you. Um, What did it feel like when you saw your parents walk into the cage?
12: Uh, it was great, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Seeing my parents walk into the cage was special because, like I said, my dad came to this country with $16 in his pocket. My dad came to this country with $16 in his pocket. And he told me when I was young, he said, no matter where you go, you got to Sorry. this Sorry, he told me, he said, ah, sorry, thank you, uh, <laughs> anywhere you go in life, you'd be successful. I don't care if they drop you off, please don't speak your lang- that language. You would, uh, be at the Congo River and you'd dig bricks up and you did anything you could to get to this country. <laughs> sorry, guys. That's okay. That's a one, man. Why not your- <laughs> 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 uh. He works so hard, man. Like he's a great dad. My mom works so many hours, just My dad will cook, he'll clean, he'll pick up everybody. He makes every single event. He sacrifices. He had a learning Sunday. Lost the business. We lost our house when we were little. He never made a mistake. He never quit on us. A lot of kids can't say that. So it just it's that. That's what I felt, man. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, in fact, can you do this in French or? I don't speak well French, but I too, too early. try. Slow. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Do you have uh, something to say about what happened in Congo? Yeah, man. Congo's been getting hurt for a long time. People think about the genocide, they think about, like, the pain and the suffering from way back when, man, from King Leopold, come people's right hands off just to get, just to get rubber, right? But we say in Congo we're stubborn, right? We can cut our right hand off, but it's our ancestors. The blood, the blood that drips from our hand is going to be the seed that that our ans- of our ancestors once are going to fight for us, and I'm one of them. You know, Congress getting just attacked from all sides, public governments, for cobalt, for the phones, things that we have that are great, but it doesn't have to be like that. Let's do something right, people, man, because God's coming to. He's going to take care of people. Right? People in Congo are strong. Stay strong. I love you. It's, re- it's, it's terrible what's going on from exploitation of minerals, sex trafficking, people buying up the land from other countries and not really treating the people well. You can have a... You can grow a banana in Congo, sell it to Bali, or wherever around the world, and you're buying the back settles in because it came from Congo, right? There's a lot of corruption. Thank you for asking. That's something that really fires me up. Um, I do plan to go to my parents' country, to my country, and really help out. My mom always told me, she so you can become a world champion one day. Um, if you don't do anything good for people, she won't be as proud. So that's something I like to come, come do. I think that they're beautiful people. I think that the world should open their eyes and see what's going on in Congo, but all over the world, there's no kid that should be killed based on, I, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, but no kid should be killed. It doesn't matter where you're from, we're all humans, man. There's a, there's a, lot, a lot of love that needs to be spread, and people need to look in the mirror. So, um, Congo is one of the countries, but I know, too, you can talk about where Coach Deer from, you can talk about Cuba, you can talk about where a lot of my teammates are from all the world. If name a country, you see it, and here in the United States, too, people are getting hurt. The when I, you know, I talk about where my parents are from. There's a lot, a lot of sadness. A lot of blood running those streets. So, look into it. Educate yourself. Be patient with people. Learn to love them because a lot of people are hurting too. You tell somebody about your struggle, they'll say, "What about theirs?" Let's say, "What about our struggle?" And uh, learn
5: to love one another. Thank you very much. Can you just talk if somebody has a drink from that? So. <laughs> <laughs> I got my
1: back. <laughs> um, can you just talk to me a little bit about how
16: this? It feels great, I mean, honestly. You, until you go through adversity, until you go through hardship, you—I don't want to say you take it for granted, but maybe you just get a little comfortable. You know, you get comfortable being the favorite, being the top dog, not being challenged, being the golden girl. And so, to to be humbled last year and, and to be back to the bottom of the totem pole was was really, really good for me. Um, and it does make the win that much sweeter. And I know you pulled
1: out Cyborg. Um, we noticed. Is that who it was? <laughs> <laughs> we noticed that she wasn't in the crowd. It seems like she might have been the only Bellator champion so far that isn't here. Do you think that was? I know Mr. who was it? there.
16: My boy Johnny Eblen. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I can't play these games. I'm a mom. I'm tired. I don't care. I hope she fights me. But if she doesn't, it's her loss. It would be an, It's the fans' loss, really, because I think it would be an amazing fight. Um, I respect her. You know, I think that she goes out there, and she implements her game plan, and she's tenacious, and she's a, a killer, and she goes out after her opponents. Um, and she's one of the best to ever do it. So I have nothing but respect for her, and I want to get in the cage and try and beat the shit out of her. Like, thats that's it. You know, I think it would be a great fight. Um, but I can't control that and last one for me
1: how long would you wait for a fight like that we see Michael Chandler waiting for Conor McGregor it seems like forever 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 you know would you wait or would you just keep going until that happens yeah no I'm
16: not gonna wait I am I'm 33 I said I I got into this sport to, to be the best and and to climb as high as I can climb I don't I feel like I'm, I'm hitting my stride now, I'm hitting my peak, I'm in a great place, but I'm not gonna do this forever, you know. I think I have been doing two a day since I was 12 years old, so my body is not gonna be like in great shape at 40. <laughs> um, but I do love it, I do get immense joy out of it, but I'm not gonna wait for anybody. You know, I, I just waited a year and it almost drove me insane, so I'm not waiting for anybody.
7: And let's talk about that year, Kayla. The ring rust, rust aspect. Mm-hmm. You waited for a year coming mm-hmm. into the cage now. What was different coming into the cage now compared to just being active all the time?
16: Yeah, it's just the nerves, man. Like, no matter how hard you spar, no matter how often you spar, there's, no, there's nothing that emulates stepping inside of a cage with the fans going crazy, lock at the door, and some girl, like, punch you in the face with four ounce gloves. <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. not, you can't emulate that so the nerves the adrenaline rush the adrenaline dump um yeah sometimes you guys you just got to learn to control that and, and use it to your advantage and it had been a long time since i had been in a cage like that so i, w- I was nervous
7: <laughs> now how active would you want to be moving forward you just got your first fight um, the here what's the next step
16: you know i'm not opposed to f- to fighting quite a bit i like staying active in judo i think that's what helped me get a lot of experience and grow exponentially in in MMA is that I was so active I don't want to be active as in like you have a a camp and then a week off and then another camp and then a week off and then another camp but fighting four times a year if it's a full 12 months I would I think that's a great I think it's a great pace for me you know I'm not I don't like to to sit around and be bored I like to have goals and like I said I'm not gonna do this forever so you know now's the time Thank
9: you. Kayla, can you tip, uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, you make kind of the theme of this, of this fight camp, you know, gratitude, right? Mm. You know, fighting during I Thanksgiving.
16: I didn't make it the theme. God did. Right.
9: <laughs> and um, I got to ask you, like, how important is it for you to have that gratitude, especially at this time of your career, mm. long break back to the cage, mm. and what was kind of the evolution of that?
16: I mean, I think, I think being humbled, you know, losing. Um, I think growing in my faith, growing spiritually, kind of opened my eyes and made me realize that yes, I love what I do. Yes, I get immense joy from punching people in the face. Yes, I love to to be the center of attention and a star, and like, this is, this is these are the things that I've always yearned for, but it isn't everything. I, in fact, it's really... Kind of silly when I step back and I look at the big picture. When I look at my life from you know zero to now, or even in the last year, my kids, um, how I treat people, who I am, not just inside of a cage, but in my life, how I carry myself. Do I do I act with kindness? Do I act with love? Do I spread joy? Do I share my light, or do I try and knock people down to make myself feel bigger and Um, I feel like I'm finally old enough and mature enough to realize that it's not all about me and it never will be and it was never supposed to be and that I really do wake up every day. You know, the kids and I, every day on our way to school, in the car, I'll go, okay, what are we grateful for? What are the three things we're grateful for today? And we all name three things we're grateful for. And then I say, okay, why do you love you? And we name three things we love about ourselves. And I didn't do that as a child. You know, I wasn't, I, I didn't learn gratitude, and I didn't learn how to love myself, except for externally. I loved myself because I won gold medals, and I won gold belts, and I won millions of dollars, and I, I felt like I had to earn love. And now that I have two children who love me no matter what, and I've grown in my faith and realized that I am a precious creation, a precious child of God with inherent worth and value, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I'm grateful. How dare I not be grateful? Thank you.
8: Kayla, it's no secret that Olympic athletes don't make a lot of money. Do you you see the path to MMA for other judokas and Mm -hmm. high level fighters across the world?
16: Absolutely, I mean, listen, I could name like seven female Cuban judoka on the Cuban Olympic team who would like absolutely mop the floor with half of the female fighters right now like they're just cut from a different cloth Uh, but for sure I think that this is a a great avenue for you know that's why I got into it because I didn't make any money because I was done with judo I was burnt out I had accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish twice Um, but I still had something left in the tank and I wanted I got punched in the face for the first time and I was like oh my gosh this is really cool um so yeah for sure i see a a, hopefully a big wave and surge of female fighters from from the olympic um, circuit in the future that'd be great
8: and one more are there any other opportunities outside of the ring financially that you're working on any entrepreneurial
16: financial opportunities count my you know maybe selling my chicken eggs
8: (laughs) Um, as an entrepreneur
16: (laughs) no honestly my big you know my big passion first is obviously my children being the best mom I can be and my foundation which is the fearless foundation The fearless foundation yes which is for survivors of child sexual abuse I was um, a victim of child sexual abuse when I was growing up from my first judo coach I wrote a book it's called fighting back you can buy it on Amazon Um, And it's not a textbook, and it's not a memoir, it's sort of a combination of the two. So it uses my actual journal entries, my diary entries from when I was a kid, and it talks to parents, teachers, social workers, police officers, like, okay, this is what grooming looks like. Um, This is why kids don't say something. This is how you ask your kids if something's going on. This is um, what the court process can look like. This is what PTSD is. And also, you know, I did win. To olympic gold medals so it gives kids sort of a light at the end of the tunnel a shiny gold medal at the end of the tunnel and lets them know that they're not alone they'll never be alone as long as i'm breathing air and um yeah that's kind of like my third child you know i, I want to i feel like everything happens for a reason i was given this story for a reason um, i was given this platform for a reason and to waste it on talking about how great i am is a shame so i'm going to talk about what I want to change in the world which is that thank you kayla
15: you've had you've had such a big legacy outside of the cage and you've inspired a lot of people what do you have to say to people that are rising stars that have gold medals that are doing great things but going through something like what's mm. your advice to the people that are in your shoes from a couple years ago that is
16: a great question you know honestly the best thing i've ever i've i've learned to do is I take time every day, and this sounds so silly. Like, I know how silly it sounds, but to me, discipline is the highest form of self-love. And I've always been super disciplined in my career, but in, in my personal life, I, I just didn't, didn't take care of myself. So, every day, I, I, I have four things that, I, if I do these four things, mentally, I'm in a better state, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I feel better. The first thing is I get up every morning and I pray and I meditate. Um, I spend time outside and the last thing I do is journal. So when I do those four things and I have the courage to be vulnerable and be my true self with safe people, trusting tr- I, when I trust people who are trustworthy, like those five things make my life much better. So you have to find a tribe, you have to find people who will believe in you when you don't believe in yourself, And you have to find the things that are going to bring you peace and bring you joy. And do them every day, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes. like It doesn't matter how long, but take time to take care of yourself and learn how to love yourself no matter what. And that means, like, if I lost tonight, would I still be able to love myself? Or am I a piece of shit because I lost? No, like, no, that doesn't define me. Inside the cage doesn't define me. Who I am cannot be defined by what I do. I am valuable no matter what. And so are all of, all of us. We're all valuable. We're all precious creations. We're all lovable. But we have to love ourselves first.
11: Thank you. Thank you. I also journal. Uh, how good does it feel to be alive right now?
17: So good.
11: <laughs> yeah. uh, we've all heard about the possibility of you fighting Chris Cyborg, but it feels like Bellator is going to be bringing over a couple other big names, great female fighters, Ghana, Arlene Blencowe, to name a few. Uh, of course, Larissa Pacheco still around. Does it feel like you have more opportunities and more potential super fights on your hands than ever before?
16: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's one of the hard things about being a, a bigger girl in MMA is a lot of the best talent is signed to different promotions, so having a lot of big girls and great great fighters under one, one roof is, you know, that's amazing. I'm excited for
11: it. You mentioned uh, that not everything, not everything, it's not all about you. Every ATT fighter I speak to talks about how great of a teammate you are. Uh, how important is it for you to not only lead by example by putting forth these dominant performances, but to also be there for your teammates when they need you and support them through the trials, tribulations, and their fighting
16: journeys? Um, you know, that is like, Probably one of the best things about being a teammate is being able to be there not in just the good times, but in the hard times too. You know, I obviously whenever someone wins, I reach out, I say congrats, but I make sure that I always reach out if someone loses, you know, one of my teammates, because um, they need to know they're supported, they need to know that we're there for them, and we've got their back 100%. And I love being a part of American Top Team. It is my honor to, to fight for them and to compete under their banner. With the coaches I have, the teammates I have, the you know the leadership with Richie and Dan and Primo and all of the guys behind the scenes, all of my teammates who have sacrificed to help me get to where I am. Um, for me, it's an honor to, to do the same for them. And I, I wish there were like 10 of me so I could do it more, you know? Yes. Thank you. Last question.
14: Hey, Make hey, it count. It <laughs> You know you don't need money these days, we've heard you talk about that, and you've accomplished quite a lot in MMA. What do you think is gonna help you stay motivated from here on out, going forward? Um,
16: I just love it. I love what I do. You know, I'm, I'm super blessed to wake up every day and like, I get to go to American Top Team and talk shit to Johnny Eblen and um, you know tell him that he can't stop my takedowns and uh, and make fun of Dan and Richie for how old they're getting and you know getting a couple fistfights and try and get better at it and then I get to go pick up my kids from school and we come home and we like chase emus around the yard and like try and find rabbits that have escaped and like, it's just chaos 24 seven, but it's a beautiful chaos and I couldn't be happier with my life. I couldn't be in a better place. So I don't I don't have to stay motivated because it, it's just, it's in me, you know, that, that dog, that that drive, like I worried about that when I got all like, when I became all like Kumbaya and Zen, I was like, what if I'm not a killer anymore? And I was talking to my fin- friend, Kayla Rocco actually, who fights next week for kombathe. I was like, what if I'm not a killer? And she was like, Kayla, have you seen you at the gym? And I was like, no, I haven't seen me. She's like, well, you come in, you talk shit, you like joke around, and then we put on the gloves, and you look like a serial killer. Like, you've still got it. And I was like, oh, okay, I've still got it. And that's it, I've still got it. It's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Awesome, thank you. Thanks, guys change. Woo. Or I'm gonna watch you.
1: Alright, so can you just talk to us about what it feels like that this whole experience has been like
13: getting your first PFL win? Yeah, uh, it was a long week. You know, it's a long camp. Uh, I got a lot of things going on, trying to get my new gym ready. So like everything that could go wrong has went wrong. Even when it came, one of my corners last minute didn't order his flight. So like he contacted me on Monday like, hey, I didn't get my flight. I'm like, don't. if you ain't got your flight right now, let's, let's let's not deal with it. So like Everything that could have went wrong in the last couple months have went wrong, and I pushed through. here. We got the win, so it feels good. Does that make the win even better, When it? Happens? It does. It does. You know, even with the holidays, missing time with the kids, missing time with the family, making those sacrifices in life, but to come out on top, you kind of pay for it a little bit. Can you tell us
1: about that first round? I mean, how do you recover from, you know, almost getting knocked out? Wall-holding is wild. I mean, that was wild. How do you – what goes through your mind? How are you able to dig deep and come back and win that?
13: It's funny, like, uh, when I fought Ian and I did the same thing. Like, I'm really good at, like, running the pipe, and when guys against the cage, I'll drop down to a single and high-legged, and guys start punching there now. They don't want to get taken down, you know. I guess guys don't want to go to the ground with me, because they know, you know, I'm probably keeping there for a little bit. So, um, he started punching, probably with some punches, yeah, and I had to re- recover quick. Thank
2: you. And then Derek, uh right here, man. Congratulations, man. It's nice to see you back in the win column. So I know you're a betting man, and you were the underdog this fight, man. People were writing you off. So how does it feel to, like,
13: prove to the public that I'm not done? I'm not. I'm, I'm Derek Brunson still so here. Yeah, for sure. You know, I put in a lot of work. Um, the biggest takeaway from this fight was to go uh good three rounds. and At the end, I wasn't breathing hard. I wasn't tired. Um, this is the first time in my career where I was super motivated to run you know, 10 to 15 miles per week every single week for the last, like, eight weeks. You know, before, from wrestling, the doctor's like, hey, maybe you should do strength and conditioning and other stuff instead of, like, doing so much road work. But, like, for me, in these high-level fights, you have to do road work. And so I really dedicated my time to that. Every morning I'm getting up, you know, hitting the road and really pushing through with my cardio. So even though I didn't get to finish, I'm still pleased with, you know, I was able to go rounds. If I would've did that in my last two fights, I would've won those easily if you go and watch those fights, you know, so. And then, also, I want to touch on you talk about the gym that you have, Brenton
2: MMA and Fitness. As a fellow NC native, I really respect what you're doing because we don't really have a lot of gyms out in NC. And how does it feel really, because you're towards the tail end of your career, to kind of jump into that mentorship role for younger
13: fighters? Yeah, it feels good, you know. Uh, it's, I learned a lot of things by myself and on the fly that these guys trained at my gym, they have no clue. And the stuff I hear them say is like, oh, I thought that when I was younger too, but I was way more ahead of you guys. So yeah, just kind of giving back and like teaching these guys the way. And even when it comes to business, when it comes to like uh, entrepreneurship and stuff like that, you know, I got guys that's like fighting on a hot level that I manage, and I'm teaching guys how to buy houses, stuff like that. Instead of going blowing all your money, now you're like fight the fight. So. And then I got one more fun question. So I know you call yourself
2: the Parlay King. You have a lot of fights now. What gets you more stressed out? Going into the octagon or sweating that last leg in the
13: parlay? You know what? I'll automatically assume that I'm going to lose my last leg in my parlay, So I don't even care anymore. I'm just like, oh, of course. It'll be like a team that averaged 60 points a game and they come out and drop 90 90, 90 points that game, a college game. Or like the ref calling a foul on every single play and the score just go up crazy. So yeah, I, I'll make a swing when I lose my parlay. Love it. Make sure you post those likes on Twitter for anything. For sure.
10: there yeah. What was the biggest difference from fighting in the PFL Smart Cage to fighting in the UFC like you've been for most of your career?
13: Uh, It it felt good in there. You know, um, they got these little things that tell how how fast you punch, how many punches. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, It felt good just to be in there. You know, I I watched it on TV and to actually get that experience. was good. So you landed a big barrage of punches throughout most of the end of the first round. Do you think the fight should have been stopped at any point or did you think he was actually still in there and still kicking? Yeah, I think it should have been stopped, you know, but I mean, it wasn't, so he proved that he could keep going. Um, also, I, I would like to be able to elbow there. You know, I had to tell myself not to elbow I'm like, oh, don't elbow, like, punch. He's I tying think my have arms. might one or
10: two in that exchange,
13: but. <laughs> Possibly, you know.
10: <laughs> awesome performance. Right. Uh, Derek,
3: um, congratulations on your win. So obviously you transitioned over to the PFL and you know you naturally could be at one eighty five, so obviously you don't have the one eighty five division. Uh just talk to me about preparing yourself to go compete possibly the two division.
13: Yeah, um that's not that's not cutting weight, which is which is always good. Yeah. But you know with the acquisition of Bellator, you know, the eighty five is inevitable for them to have. So, you know, there's some options there, I guess going in the future we'll see what happens. Uh Jake Paul he he called me out a couple years ago and now we're in the same promotion, so you never know. I mean you like the older guy, so right <laughs> <on>, you, <know?
3: laughs> and, and you, you talk about mentorship as well, too, um, of course, younger fighters teaching them like how to manage their money, uh houses, and all that stuff. Talk to me, especially, especially you know, especially us in the African community. That's a big thing we're trying to learn about. So talk to me about mentoring those younger people about that.
13: Yeah, it's just uh, for 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 instance, I got a fighter, Vitor Petrino. I don't know if you guys heard of him. Yeah. I mm-hmm. managed him. I started managing when he was three and old. Now he's ten and old. 3-0 in the UFC, uh, and at this first fight, I'm like, hey, buy a house. He bought a house, and then after that, I'm like, buy a car. He bought a car. So now he have all these things, so it's not stressful. Like, he don't have to fight. I'm like, you re- you want to fight, or he get a short-notice fight, talk to his coaches, he's like, ah, let's get a camp, you know, whereas if a guy is not managing their money properly, they're like, oh, I got to fight because I spent all my money because it's not that much money, and I just started my career. So, like, he's not having those type of problems because he do know how to manage his money put money aside, not spend all his his bonuses, buy houses, you know, so he's not stressing about stuff like that. Thank you.
7: Now Derek, with all that ground control you had, were you surprised that you couldn't get the finish? Because you were down there for a long time, and it seemed like you were looking for that punch, but it just wasn't there at the moment, and you didn't want to force it. Now, were you surprised at how long it took? Because it took, about 15 minutes, right? Yeah,
13: yeah for sure. Um, again, my debut, so I wanted to make sure that I get the win, you know. Uh, it was certain things that I could've went for. I tried to go for the twister uh, late in the, I think, second round, whatever. So it was things I was trying to open up. You know, he's a short, stocky guy, so like it's hard to kind of like open him up. Only thing was with punches and stuff like that. I tried to get underneath that chin, but he was just like tucking his head. And I guess when you can't elbow, you're like, yeah, you can you can, you can just kind of like trap the arms and, you know, kind of stall out the punches a little bit. But um, I think, you know, going forward, we're definitely find like, a little bit more openings there. Awesome,
15: Derek, now North Carolina MMA has been on the rise. Do you have any younger prospects that the world doesn't know much about that you want to give a shout-out to or you think is going to really thrive
13: in the future? Yeah, for sure. I got a kid that's been training with me since he was about 15, and he's 18, 19 now, and he's wanting to know as a pro. Uh, he's kind of like Roy McDonald, little short beach-looking white guy that you probably think you'll whoop his ass, but, like, he's super tough, Man, I love the kid. He's been working hard, and he got a younger brother who's, like, 13 who's like uh really good with like amateur boxing you know the same thing and so i got these guys coming up and then i have a heavyweight prospect too he's about 25 years old he's uh three and oh he's a pro so we got a couple guys out of north carolina scene that haven't been heard of this coming up awesome congrats on the victory
8: derek you got a lot going on in the background too with the fighters training for this a lot of entrepreneurial stuff what else is happening for you entrepreneurially that we need to know about
13: well, the gym, so my gym is in the mall. So like right outside of my gym is Dillard's. You know, you got shoe carnival, like like in a big like strip mall or whatever. So trying to get that ready, everything that could go wrong, went wrong. When it comes to the HVAC, to the bathroom, to the mask, to the equipment. So just trying to manage that and everything else going on, you definitely gotta be very organized. I kind of like, tell my gym manager, you handle this, I'll deal with it when I get back. I'm going to trust that you make the best decisions while I'm not here, you know, so just got to kind of put people in their rightful spot. Great,
8: congrats. So Derek,
13: not
11: pertaining to the gym, but pertaining to the fire week and the camp, you said that everything that could go wrong went wrong. How do you manage to stay like fully focused on the task at hand and uh, overcome that adversity?
13: Yeah, uh, you know, that's life. That's life, you know. Obstacles come up, things come up, so you got to keep pushing and finding and trying to make the best of the situation, and that's that's been my whole life, you know, I was trying to make the best of bad situations.
11: Mm-hmm. And the last one, you clearly have a lot left in the tank, but you've achieved so much in this sport, so I was wondering, when you and the UFC parted ways, was there any thought, any part of the thought process to call it a career, or did you feel like you still have more
13: left to prove? Well, no, so, like, uh, me and the UFC part ways, it wasn't, they let me go. It was more of, like, I wasn't really finding much motivation over there in the fights, you know. I really wanted something new. So it's kind of like me asking for my release and then granted, you know, a new goal, like something new to get me like excited. Something that's gonna make me want to get up and run 10 miles when I hate running, you know? So coming to PFL, get it for me.
14: Derek, one uh, question. How would you see a potential fight against Bellator champion Johnny Evelyn? Uh, Johnny
13: Evelyn? Yes. Ah, uh, be beat him up. Nah, uh, Johnny Evelyn's a tough guy, you know? I watched I watched his fights, you know? I'm a guy who watched a lot of MMA, so I've, I've seen him in the past. Uh, he's undefeated, I believe, so yeah, that's a, that's a nice challenge, you know, um, I don't see him beating me, but, you know, I think it makes for a good fight, he's definitely a tough opponent, um, we we'll have to break it down and see what, what's for the future. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you. I've just got one, one follow-up on the mall question. i been watching what you guys
13: are doing in there, is it open yet, I'm assuming? Uh, so our, we've been in the mall for like five years. we okay. just moved to another space in the mall, bigger okay. space. So yeah, people come by and watch and watch porn and people come sign up and stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Do
1: you get the big fogged up
13: windows in the mall? No, so we, our windows don't fog. We kind of nicely ventilated, whatever, so our, our windows don't fog up. So we're good, yeah.
18: <laughs> Thanks.
1: Anyone else?
18: primero que nada agradecer a Gabriel por la pelea que me dio es un gran rival, fue una pelea de revancha en todo sentido, un rival muy respetuoso desde la primera vez que lo conocí al igual que yo, ¿no? siempre mucho respeto pero dentro de la jaula ambos tienen nuestro trabajo ¿no? y si me preguntan si el árbitro la paró muy rápido o no para empezar yo voy y hago mi trabajo No ese ya es trabajo del árbitro pero... Eu sí sim sinto que estuvo bem parado, porque eu estava frente a ele, estaba cerca e vi que era um peleador que já ya, ya não podia seguir, o sea, estava ido. Estava ido, solamente se cobria e ya... simplesmente era cuestión
17: de tempo. O Pinedo concorda com a decisão do árbitro, ele disse que ele está ali para fazer o trabalho dele e não faz o trabalho do árbitro, mas como ele estava próximo, acha que, que foi sim o um momento correto que o árbitro teve para interromper a luta o que deu a vitória ao Pinedo, ele que também disse que respeita muito o Gabriel, né, pelo lutador que ele é, e principalmente por tê-lo enfrentado nessa revanche, já que o Gabriel venceu da primeira vez e agora na luta do título o Pinedo ganhou. E logo depois, Pinedo, já teve um outro brasileiro ali te encarando, né, já que agora PFL e o Bellator estão juntos. Esse encontro aí
18: com o Patricio Pitbull, você já está já em sua mente? Sim, de todas maneras, é uma pelea que me de fazer. De todas maneras, é um veterano de das artes marciales mixtas. He crescido vendo peleas dele também, é muito bom. Me de enfrenta enfrentá-lo, eu estou listo para pelear com qualquer um e fazer super peleas, que é o que me gusta.
17: E aí já estava elogiando aí, dizendo que o... Pitbull é uma lenda né? das artes marciais mistas, do MMA, cresceu assistindo ao brasileiro. Estava ansioso por ter essa oportunidade, então está preparado para este desafio. Mais um brasileiro, quem sabe? De maneira, estou lindo. Me fazer, estar lindo. Jesus Pinedo, enhorabuena. Parabéns. Obrigado. <risos> Já meteu aí o português, muito bom.
10: You know, trying to get inside lots of leg kicks actually because kids uh, kid's tall and long, and so we wanted like low cap kicks uh, because he had thin legs. And then um, we we're actually from we couldn't find a ton of video on him, so what we did see in the previous fights, he had a, like a lot of clinch, and uh, so we've actually worked a lot of that, but none of that showed up, so that was good. And then we're always working our kick down defense. You know that way. I mean, if a kid is knocking guys out left and right, like guys are, probably are really going to start taking shots and taking a little bit more. So we're always working on that. And, that's pretty much work on. and
0: in terms of uh, the PayPal in general, Biagio's future, he's talked a lot about his mentality. You know how he sees fighting, how he sees his own future and himself, uh, and also in relation to his coaching, the people around him. How do you see this either evolve or develop over the next
6: few years?
10: yeah well I see him from like two years ago to now it's been a huge jump I mean when I first started coaching him he was just a kid in my kickboxing class and was like didn't even want to fight and and then uh, as soon as he made up his mind like yo I want to like take this seriously fight mean his games jumped up so much and I think you guys have seen that through each fight tougher opponents. And uh, same result. So he's definitely getting much better. So two years from now, when he's actually like calming down in the fight, picking the shots a little better, and things like that, he's he's definitely going to be a problem.
4: And in terms of the league itself, uh, what, what
0: do you, what do you foresee? Do you think uh, things are going to kind of get a little larger do you think things are
6: going to be a little more complicated as you move on or is it going to be kind of a smooth process before
10: Steve? Yeah I think it will be a smooth process I mean I've worked with the PFL and Race Seppo and those guys a long time for other fighters and it's always smooth with them you know they're one of the best organizations in the world so it's always been smooth so I see no problem moving forward with
8: Biagio. Coach uh, Extreme Couture you guys have had just a lot of champions here, wing with striking how are y'all balancing all of this striking with these wrestlers who are trying to come out and do it? Because it doesn't seem like anyone's having success there.
10: Yeah. Um, I mean, we train everything. We we have a, a number of coaches, you know, that, that we all come together and help each other out. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is everyone's just trying to help each other. And, and even the gut fighters, right? Like, uh, I'm gone this week, so if maybe another coach was gone, then then a guy like Strickland will jump in and, and, and push the team. So I think it's just, as a team, we're finally starting to click. Because I've been there from day one, I've uh, seen the ups and downs, and it just took quite a bit quite of years to get it to where it's, where it's at. And uh, yeah, now we're just just getting started.
8: Yeah, with all that success, all the other fighters you're seeing, what do you think is next for the team? Are you gonna keep growing? Any expansions that you're looking to have happen?
10: Yeah, I'm not sure about it. expansions. Um, Really, it's just keeping everybody, everybody, um, basically um, down. You know what I mean? Grounded. Or, you grounded. Got, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Grounded. We're like people ain't getting too big for themselves. And that's the thing, you know. Uh, I, I was with Randy at the original Team Quest twenty something years ago, and that's always something Randy's putting us, and and so that's that's a big key thing. So even if you, you're the world champ and things like that, never getting too big ahead.
8: Hey, congrats, coach.
1: One last question. What's up,
10: Dennis? Rush here. Can you tell us what this feeling feels like? Does it feel the
11: exact same as every other fight? Because it feels like every fight's getting
15: better and
1: better. Does the feeling get better and better?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, because right now it's all about experience. And with, with that said, like, experience is being able to be calm in there and stuff. And that's another thing I just... I really want to work on I think I was a little bit more calmer in this fight a little but like when I get swinging I'm swinging so uh, just work on you know kind of picking my shots I know I heard my coach in the corner you know pick a shot pick your shots something I you know still got to work on a little bit but again going back to experience you know the more you do it the more you get to think after and re-watch the fight and, and uh, get better and better so yeah it's all about getting experience and um, yeah this, this journey's a learning journey and when I'm 10 fights into my pro career, I'm still gonna be saying that I got a lot more to learn. So, yeah. Speaking of
1: that pro career, I know you kind of almost promised us you would be turning pro after a win. I know you said in the cage you weren't quite you but you let us know. I know it's been only five minutes, but do you know yet?
4: I don't, I'm gonna sit down with my coach. You know, I, I think, I, you know, I, I think I'm ready to turn pro, but I want mutual understanding. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not the type of guy that, just kind of have my ego take me wherever it wants to go, you know. I want to pick people's brains, see what they think, and then have a, like a mutual agreement,
9: and then make a decision then. Thank you, Diogo. Congrats again on the win. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. Um, can you talk to us a little bit? You, you've talked a little bit a lot a bit about the uh, the level of comfort you feel in the PFL now compared to the beginning of your PFL tenure. Can you kind of expand a little bit about that in terms of the adjustments and the improvements that you made?
4: Yeah. Um, You know, each fight i want to get better each fight i want to improve from the last fight from the last fight so yeah you know in my next fight uh you'll see more improvement from this last fight and you know when you're improving like that you're getting better and the fighting journey is just a learning journey and i'm still learning and i'll always be learning i'm I'm never going to be a fighter that that uh that is i'll never be satisfied
9: is what i'm trying to say one last question from me. Um, you mentioned in your post-fight interview, you know, obviously there's so much going on in the world right now yeah. in the Middle East. Can you kind of uh, provide a message to those that are suffering and, and the families
4: and loved ones? Absolutely, you know, um, it's easy for me to say, you know, I'm not in that kind of uh, circumstance right now, but man, my heart goes out to, to all of those who are oppressed and, and suffering each and every day. You know, in the back room, i was i was looking at you know some of the, the footage about what's going on in gaza and and then i get off my phone and i'm here doing this you know it's 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 crazy man so my heart goes out to all of them just keep keep your faith and and trust in god and you know uh, like i said at the end of my what i said after the fight you know the truth will always prevail just keep just keep going man and, you know it's hard to say what i it's hard to say when when i'm not in those circumstances thank you and then
2: biaggio right here so you you came into the pfl you
4: mainly, they brought you in for your name how
2: blessed do you feel that now that you have like five straight knockouts in the pfl that you're more than just the name ali you were showing that you are a real mma fighter
4: yeah absolutely you know um i i'll always get compared to my grandfather you know I'll, it's my grandfather it's i was born into i didn't ask to be his grandson or anything so uh you know when i'm when i have a pro record and i'm 32 years old or something like that they're still going to mention my grandfather so i don't expect that to ever go away the only thing i can do is do me and 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 fight and just get better at fighting and you know i'm not fighting for fame or money none of that you know i'm fighting so that i could help people who was once in my, my situation you know when i was done playing football i was lost i didn't know what to do felt like i had no purpose and you know there's people out there that are going through even worse situations so you know I'm fighting so that I could someday be a mentor to those kind of people and let them know that there's light at the end of the t- at, at the end of the tunnel and that there's there could be brightness in the midst of darkness. Yeah, that's
2: beautiful. And yeah. Also, I know you said you're not sure about the amateur to pro switch, but since you're at Extreme Couture, that's like a big gym out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. How easier does it make it that you're around guys that are professionals and amateurs as well?
4: It really helps. Um, you know, uh, you can't soar with the eagles if you're hanging with pigeons, right? You can if you're hanging with the eagles though and at extreme couture you know there's so many high level dudes um we have three current champions in three of the biggest mma organizations in the world we got sean strickland saadi boo and patchy mix now so uh it just you know goes to show just how big of a name extreme couture is and and what kind of level fighters we have Course, yeah. Enjoy the one. You Thank the you. know. um, Let's talk to you about the fight. So, during the exchange when you dropped your opponent, um,
3: and of course you were looking for the knockout, for the kill, at that moment when you adjusted to just decompose composed and you landed that same uh, right hand and dropped him, and then you hit countering uh, kind him of the uh, the left. Uh, did you know that he was completely out then, or that's like something that you
4: picked up on as the fight was going? <laughs> I la- I think. I think, like you said, I think it was a hook. Um, mm-hmm. He went down on the hook. when he went down that's when I I saw he was out and then I kind of got on his back just to uh, be dominant I guess I don't know (laughs) Um, yeah no uh, he yeah I I just I caught him on the right and uh, you know I heard my coach saying place your shots you know because it's all about the placement that is what knocks people out so um, I honestly had no idea that I placed it in the right spot but I I did and uh, all praise be to God man because I, I yeah, I, I do my best and God does the rest. My last question, I had, the pleasure, you know, I had the pleasure of visiting the African American History
3: Museum. And of course they have a section dedicated to your group. Mm-hmm. And you know how they say history repeats itself. You know, he was a big activist, talked about stuff in the world. And the way you did in your post fight, I not call you activist, but you did something similar that he's doing. So of course, talk to me about like,
4: in a way, you're kind of, you know, following his footsteps outside of the ring. What does that mean to you? It, it means everything. Um, you know, I don't believe that that this world is like the real life. I believe that the real life is where we go when we die. Um, so that that's why I, I, I say I'm not fighting for money or fame, none of that. You know, I'm fighting so I can eventually be a mentor, just like my coach, Dennis. You know, he's a huge mentor to me and he's helped me out. And, you know, I got into fighting because I was basically just depressed when I was done playing football. So, you know, I want to be a mentor like that to, to people who were once in my spot or even worse. So, um, yeah. Money, fame, it you do not take that when you die. You take good deeds, you take how you treated people and the love you can spread and, and how many people you can help. So that's that's all I really, like really, really care about. Did you go to New York? I live in New York. I came here Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I thought you went to New York and I thought you thought the fights were in oh, New no, York. No, no, okay, let's, okay. Let's I was like, we're in D.C., bro <laughs>
11: The boy Maz boy Burnell was sitting cage on I mean, him What do you think he'd say about that striking display? But, uh, I,
4: I heard him screaming, liver shot Liver shot!" Oh,
12: really? And
4: I, I went for the liver shot And like, right when I I gotta re it again But I think when I went to the liver, he hit me with the right hand And I was like, okay, maybe a, Another time <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I, he- I actually heard Maz And, uh yeah, he, he's, a, he's a huge mentor, a huge inspiration too, you know, if you watch him fight, you know, he, he gives, he's, he's in your face the whole time, you know, you're not, you can't breathe, like, you just gas out, and going into this fight, I knew my opponent, it was his first time on this kind of big stage and stuff, so initially I wanted to give him that kind of pressure and just kind of walk him down, so, um, great friend, uh, great teammate, uh, I look up to him a lot.
11: Yeah. Yeah. You're nominated for a World MMA Award. I think the award show is this month. You're nominated for the Fighting Spirit Award. You know that? I, I yeah.
4: What would that mean I, you I don't know that? how I'm nominated. I'm an amateur. What would that mean to you? To take that award? From? It's a cool award. Uh, that would be that would be great. Yeah. Uh, I you know I think there's other people that deserve it more than I do uh, that are pro and you know but I think that that's great. I'm honored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how proud are you of yourself in this moment? How well do you feel you represent your team, your family? Yourself. Um I I'm I'm proud of myself, but I'm more proud of uh I think just in, in improving. Um there's so much more to learn and so much more to improve on. Um but yeah, I'ma just, you know, soak it in and I am proud of my teammates and their support and uh, my family and friends and Coach Dennis, man, like like Man, I'm just—I'm so grateful for him. He—he he helps me so much. He helps me stay calm, and like to him, a fight is like going to the grocery store or something like that. And it, he like makes it normal because you know going to a fight, it's—it's it's a big deal, and you know you put so much pressure on yourself. And even last night, like I walked up to my coach, I told him like I was pacing the room. I was very, very nervous, damn near scared. So uh, hats off to Dennis, really. That's coaching, game best coach in the game, hands down. I don't care what anyone says. And we got about five minutes of you tonight. Do you have a timetable of when you want to get back to action again? No clue. I'm just, I hope Dunkin' Donuts is still open. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it? Can someone
13: check?
4: It's It's open, open, it's open. Okay, that's a real, I'm not trying to
8: figure
4: out, that's a real question. Yeah, no no clue. Um, You know, I don't work at a, a nightclub anymore in Vegas, so I can actually like spend New Year's with my family and my dad he he used to be an executive chef so he's gonna freaking lay out all this food at the house. So yeah, I'm just gonna
14: eat ee eat eat. eat, 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 eat. Excellent. <laughs>
4: uh, Joe, uh we showed your history last week in
17: our TV show in Brazil and the fans they asked it oh he's a security
4: in a nightclub in Vegas. Did you eat oh. this job or I, I did actually. Um my last fight was in New York. After that fight I, I came home. And I was able to quit my job. You know, I wanted to just focus on fighting. I want this to be, this, this is my career. This is my job now. So, uh, you know, I was, I'm very lucky to be able to just focus on what I, you know, want to do. But working at a nightclub in Las Vegas and you see some, some shit, I'm telling you, it's crazy.
15: Biagio, I see, uh, first of all, great fight. One Thank more you. thing, I see you're growing out a mullet. Do you plan on continuing <laughs> that? So uh, you're going out of mullet. Are you uh, planning on continuing that?
4: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I might. Uh, yeah, uh, one of my teammates, Blake, he's got a, a legit mullet. If you want to see a legit mullet, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, my hair used to be super long, but you know, I like to just switch it up a little bit. <laughs>
8: Biagio, you were featured on a Celsius commercial as a Celsius athlete. That's yeah. pretty cool. Not many amateurs are getting featured like that. But besides them, Celsius, are there any other people that are sponsoring you they are helping fund this ride for you?
4: Yeah, um, right now my, my two sponsors are uh, Celsius and OnlyFans. Um, OnlyFans, uh, I post a lot of training footage and, um, you know, just training pictures and, and stuff with my coaches, maybe some technique stuff. You know, I'm, I'm not posting lingerie pics <laughs> that's not that's not what it's you know it was initially for athletes so uh, yeah me me and my brother uh, we're both sponsored by only fans and we like to post training footage and anyone who wants to kind of get a a scene uh, or a glimpse behind the scenes so yeah very cool yeah joe you have a lot of fans in the middle east
6: if you're able to say something to them what would it be
4: yeah um alhamdulillah i went. we we none of us would be here without god and um uh, i'm a huge fan of of, of what is going on out there and, and especially saudi arabia with the like the boxing that they're doing and and uh, a lot of the events that they're doing so uh, i would love to you know uh inshallah uh, come to the middle east and and visit all my brothers and sisters and yeah so yeah
10: okay. well, i know you said that you you know you're still not you know, mm-hmm. think about pro but you're not
4: going through it. what rating would you give yourself tonight in your performance? well rating we're great. C, c c plus maybe yeah um i only give myself a c because like when i throw i'm really trying to like i'm really trying to just push it out um but i gotta just you know pick place my shots a lot better um i know i have the power so i don't really have to kind of uh, you know i don't really have to do that so just kind of place my shots more and and uh be more technical
10: as a follow-up what do you think sean strickland what grade would he give you for tonight's
4: Oh, <laughs> He might give me a B just for the aggression. <laughs> you know, Sean's a very <laughs> aggressive guy, so maybe he'll give me a B. I don't know. Maybe if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, Jim, your
10: leg kicks and takedown defense tonight were something that my was buddy. very impressive. Can Thanks. you just talk about the evolution of that throughout your career?
4: Absolutely. Um, you know, my favorite fighter is Justin Gagey. And you know how Gagey is with the leg kicks. So, uh, yeah, um, I, he's a, he was a taller dude, so I, I didn't want to throw high kicks. I wanted to kind of chop at the legs. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you could tell it hurt him too because he switched to southpaw after a couple of those, and he even said to me like we were talking during the fight. He even said to me he's like ah like ow, but um yeah you no.
12: Know. You, yeah, you last question. Oh,
4: yes. right with the name the FFA, um, I want to find out when did you
7: find your timing, and because I see that you had such a high volume in the
4: first as well as the second round. When did you find your timing in your range? Um, I think like uh, Sometimes I'll Kind of do this I'm not trying to land a jab or anything But I just want to see where I'm at by using my reach and kind of adjusting where he is from the tip of my knuckles So I kind of do that to kind of get my range a little bit and then I go but again There's so much to improve on there's um Yeah, sky's the limit you man. I'm just learning and learning and learning and learning count thank you. Thank you
19: about what it feels like to have this moment to be on one of the biggest fight friends of the year in the you know, United States Capitol? Uh, it feels amazing. I mean this is truly a dream come true. Uh, I lived in the moment. You know, a lot of fights I, I look ahead and this fight I really just looked in the moment. And On top of fighting in D.C. on the biggest part of the year, it was my little brother's birthday. so. Couldn't be more excited to get this win on such a special minute. Because the
1: pressure was off a little bit. No, I mean the
19: pressure's always on me. Cause I mean I'm a professional. I, I'm a perfectionist. I want to win. So uh, losing is is not an option for me. So, but yeah, I mean at the same time there was so much hype behind this because you know he was with Mark Zuckerberg and. PFL they didn't, they didn't really tag me or nothing before the fight. They were, all the hype was on him. So yeah, I felt a little disrespected, but the opportunity I got in itself, I knew I was going to, you know, take it home with me and uh, I was going to shine. So it worked out how I thought it was going
1: to. Thank
8: you. Thank you. Phil. So- uh, congrats on the win, man. What's up? When, when we were talking before, you were talking about what this is going to do to elevate you and move you up in the time you're stealing Kai's steam here. What right. is going to be next for you after this?
19: Uh, I have no idea, to be honest. I mean, I'm hoping I get a contract out of this and get an opportunity maybe to start a bantamweight tournament for the PFL. I want to make this my home. It was such a great fight week. Everything was so professional. So, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I stole his shine. And, Brought it back to me, so. Yeah,
8: congrats again, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah, appreciate
19: it. Phil, Saul Murphy, Five World Live, Phantom Shop Media. Coming
7: from Ring of Combat with Louie Negley until now, tell us how good this win feels just by
19: being a Ring of Combat champion as well. It's it's full circle for me, man. I mean, I was I was like born in, in Ring of Combat. I was undefeated there at 8-0, four-time champ. So uh, getting to PFL, getting on this type of stage, on the biggest card of the year, maybe the biggest PFL card ever uh i can't even explain i can't put it into words full circle basically what are you Uh, most right now eating most uh i don't know pizza chicken sandwich (laughs) ice cream (laughs) everything that i sacrificed before this fight that i didn't get to have so all right happy thanksgiving thank you you, man appreciate it
15: phil phil you fight out of freehold new jersey as a fellow new jersey and i'm wondering what's your favorite part about the state
19: favorite part of the state man freehold new jersey uh i was raised there. You know my blood sweat and tears you know through MMA has been always there so that's my favorite part of Jersey freehold and I, hopefully I put it on the map tonight
15: absolutely you did
19: and one more question for me when do you get more nervous when you fight or when Nick fights uh, definitely uh, I got two brothers that fight Nick and Matt but uh more nervous when they fight just because you know when I fight I can go out there and, and it's all on me I can if I'm losing I can change the pace get it back in my my favorite when they're out there I'm, all I can do is be a voice and, you know, support. So, definitely more nervous in my brother's fight. Congrats on the win. Thank you.
9: Bill, congrats uh, again on the win tonight. Thank can you, you talk to us a little bit about the mid-fight adjustments that you and your team made? Because it seemed like after that first round, you really ramped up the pressure, especially with your wrestling and your ground now.
19: Yeah, so, uh, first round, uh, he, he rocked me a little bit in the beginning. And, uh, I mean, once I see the fight not going my way, I wrestle my whole life. So... I knew I had to make the adjustment adjustment to uh, take the fight to the ground and, and put more pressure on him. I knew if he didn't have that space to you know, do his slick, slick moves on the feet, if I'd gotten his face real tight, he, he couldn't do nothing to me. So that was really the adjustments I thought I had to make. And it worked out. Thanks.
18: Good,
14: Great show on paper. Uh, so that was one thing I wanted to make a statement this time is to kind of prove him wrong. But th- that's the name of the game. They gave me a competitive
8: drive, and I actually thank him for that. Jesse, when we uh, met at the open workouts, one of the things you were talking about was how well the PFL was taking you along the way. What's looking like next for you here? I hope to stay in the season. And like I
14: just heard, like they've acquired Bellator. So, I mean, if they move me around there, I just want to stay busy, and I want to stay working with them in one way, shape, or form. I love their staff. I love the organization. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm being dead serious, honest. I, I want to stay here forever. So, whatever I got to do to, to stay in.
8: Have there been any discussions yet? No,
14: no, they do the roster beginning of every year, so just praying hope that's kind of why we were uh, shooting for
8: the fences on some of those shots today, if you saw, we really wanted to get in this, so. Yeah, I love the flying knees. congrats, man. Thank you. Tell us a
1: little bit about what it feels like to have
14: a PSL debut, get a win, and also here in this location of all bases. I wouldn't say it was exactly a debut. I was here a couple years ago, but that's kind of the story here. It feels great because it's a lifetime in the making of working hard, trying to push through, um, making it in a very tough sport where it doesn't really pay that well financially. Um, to come up to the stage a few years ago to fall back down and make it back, it's beyond words. It's... it's i i I can't describe it at all
1: and you were a backup for quite a few fights so what was that feeling like that
14: maybe i'll fight maybe i won't well um luckily when you get uh, to become more of a veteran more fights in the game um it doesn't really matter who you fight you just have to stay ready at all times and uh to be honest the the money was good then too so that's my dream as long as i can keep this alive and keep getting better and fight better and better people which we are every single time so i'm happy keep the hope putting on more shows like that
13: Thank
15: you, jesse jesse you're managed by sucker punch entertainment they've got a lot of fighters high profile fighters have you been able to get mentored by some of them because of this
14: big network well in this game you have to have the right connections uh and the right nurturing and throughout time they've been there for me when i need them um even from the beginning so i've been it's been blessed to, to work with them Awesome. And one more from me.
15: Uh, What's your plans for next season? Do you want to join uh, the featherweights?
14: Am I allowed to cuss? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I've mean, i been not saying this just because somebody's been telling me to, but uh, PFL is where I want to be for the rest of my career, whatever long it lasts. I love the format. I love the lack of political... On who gets certain matchups um, to fight four times a year, um, and the, the, the pay is, is is great in my opinion. It is an entertainment business. Should most of them be getting paid a lot more? Maybe, but um, put it this way: regional level to now, like it's. I can finally say I broke even and I'm starting to make a living, and it's only been 12 years. So. <laughs> Thank you,
9: Jesse. What can you tell us in terms of differences that you've made physically and mentally? since you were in the pfl in 2021 to now because the broadcast team mentioned right away uh how different you looked uh compared to 2021
14: oh yeah they have a, a joke about the, i wrote myself out. <laughs>